0: Hi, this is Stuart Weems and welcome to the Investopoly podcast. My goal is to give you simple, easy to understand strategies, insights and tips to help you master the game of building wealth. And in this episode, I'd like to talk about how to maximize investment property tax deductions. So anyone that's investing in property uh, should be doing so to really enjoy the benefit of compounding capital growth. That is to really build your asset base to build wealth. Uh, so that you can have a uh, a safe financial standing and a very comfortable retirement. That is the main purpose of investing in property. Of course, tax benefits, such as negative gearing, uh, are merely just a positive consequence of investing, not the reason for it. But having said that, uh, once you've got the investment property, of course, you should take every possible step to maximise your tax deductions. And that's what I wanted to talk about today. Maintaining accurate and complete taxation records is critical to be able to maximise your tax deductions because, of course, if you're not going to, you know, if you're going to miss some deductions, it's very hard to maximise them. So really what I do is try and counsel my clients to really utilise your property managers as much as possible in this regard and so what i mean is typically i will ask my property manager to pay every expense for me so for example if you get a big annual bill like uh, council rates for example that you want to pay in one lump sum rather than quarterly um, what i will do is i will um, send that bill to my property manager and ask them to pay it Uh, if the monthly or fortnightly rental collection isn't sufficient to be able to pay the expense I will then just transfer some money into their um, trust account so they're able then to pay that bill. Taking it one step further, I will always change the billing address so that the bills go directly to the property manager themselves so I don't have to be a a conduit of that information. Uh, The advantage of getting the property manager pay for all your expenses is that they will prepare at the end of the year a summary of income and expenses. And that way, that summary will really include all the rental, of course, which is what they've collected, but then all the expenses they they're paid throughout the year. That means that there's probably only um, two things that you need to provide to your accountant at the end of the year. The first one is that rental st- uh, summary from the property manager. The second is a summary of interest and bank fees. They're the only two things that you, two bits of records that you need to pass on to your Uh, accountant at the end of the year to make things nice and simple. Now, the only other expense outside of that might be land tax. So you might get a land tax bill that uh, um, applies to a number of different properties. Uh, In that situation, I will pay that one myself uh, from personal funds, uh, not through the property manager. And in that situation, then all I have to provide my accountant is the rental summary, summary of interest and bank fees and the uh, land tax bill, Uh, But really, they're the only two, uh, interest and and, uh, bank fees and land tax are the only two things that I really need to um, uh, keep a record of. Okay, so let's talk about um, maximising your tax deductions. So uh, firstly, it's really important to make sure that you've got all the complete deductions so you're not missing anything. Um, And sometimes the best thing to do is go and refer to the ATO statistics. So the ATO publishes statistics for each tax year. Uh, the most recent tax year that it published is 2018-19, so it's always a couple of years behind. Um, and essentially, this data aggregates uh, uh, 2.8 million investment properties owned by about 2.2 million Australians. Uh, so it gives you a good sort of summary And in the table uh, on the blog and the website, there's a list of deductions and uh, how much each deduction uh, accounts for in terms of total deductions. So for example, uh, interest deductions make up 47% or account for 40% of total uh, tax deductions. Uh, Depreciation, which is capital works and normal plant depreciation, about 14%. Council rates, uh, 7%. uh, Property management, 6%. Uh, repairs and maintenance 6% and then there's a whole bunch of um, other smaller deductions which I've got listed there. So let's talk about the main ones then. The first one is interest and bank fees which is going to be for most people their biggest tax deduction. So it's really important that you um, track this expense and that you defend it as much as possible. So when I say defend it make sure you've got good record keeping, making make sure your loans are structured correctly Make, for, make sure you split out loans by purpose and by property, because really the onus is on you, the taxpayer, to prove the deduction. The ATO can deny a deduction without necessarily providing any proof. Um, it's really the onus is on you to prove why it should be counted, not why it should be excluded. And I've got a link in the um, show notes on the blog on the website uh, for to a blog that I wrote, in, uh, wrote a couple of years ago um, that lists a... Uh, uh, bunch of tips on how to make sure your loans are structured so that you maximise your tax deductions. Of course, most banks provide a a year-end summary, which you can download from uh, your uh, internet banking website, and that will summarise the fees and interest charged per account. Uh, Of course, if you refinance or restructure during the year, you're going to have to track those expenses Um, And if you refinance or change banks, often it's best to download all that data before the change happens, uh, because if you lose internet banking access, you might actually lose access to those accounts. Of course, you can still get the statements and the the summaries, but it'll just take you a little bit more time uh, to request them from the bank. Um, If you have paid bank fees uh, in respect to uh, setting up loans, uh, any bank fees that are greater than $100 which is really uh, maybe some settlement fees or lender's mortgage insurance, typically. Uh, They have to be deducted over a five-year period. Um, But if you obviously refinance within that five-year period, you can claim that full amount. So it's really important to make sure that if you have paid any material bank fees, make sure you include that. Uh, Otherwise, you can rely on the interest charge summaries and the financial year summaries that the banks produce. Okay, next is depreciation, which accounts for about 14% of total deductions. And depreciation is a, a very good deduction because it's a non-cash uh, tax deduction, which means that there's no actual physical outlay of cash, but you get the tax deduction. So from a cash flow perspective, it's, it's very powerful. There's really two categories of depreciation that you can claim. Uh, capital works, uh, which is really around the building and fixtures, uh, and then also uh, a deduction for decline in value of um, plant and equipment. Uh, so that's really fittings in the actual property and so forth, like air conditioners, stoves and and so forth. So let's talk about um, capital works depreciation then, which is really the building element. Uh, you can typically only claim a capital works deduction if your property was constructed after July 1985 Uh, And if that's the case, typically you're able to claim 2.5% of the value of those capital works. Um, If you don't know what the value is, so you didn't actually build the property, uh, then it's best to get a depreciation report uh, and it will estimate what those values are. But if it's been built um, post July 85, um, it's almost always uh, important to get a depreciation report. Okay, the second deduction you can claim for depreciation is the decline in value of plants and equipment, which is really uh, fittings in the property. Uh, If you purchase the investment property before May 2017, uh, you can claim a depreciation for fittings that were already installed in the property. uh, And all you need to do is get a depreciation report and they will estimate Uh, you know, the the, um, written down value or the value of those fittings and and therefore what depreciation rates apply. Uh, If you purchase the property after May 2017, then you won't be able to claim a tax deduction for any existing fittings. Uh, But if you install any new fittings, you can certainly depreciate those items. Um, Fittings that cost less than $300 can normally be expensed in the year that the cost was incurred. Um, if the item's between $300 and $1,000, um, it can be aggregated into what's called a low-cost asset pool, and that pool of assets can be depreciated at a rate of about 19% per year. Um, but if the asset is worth more than $1,000, uh, then the asset must be individually depreciated over its useful life. Uh, and there's a link in the show notes and on the blog and the website to a ATO publication that lists all those assets and useful lives, so you can uh, certainly check that out. Um, But if you're doing a major renovation, uh, often it's best to uh, go and get a depreciation report um, to take account of those uh, elements. Okay, the next major deduction is repairs and maintenance, uh, which accounts for about 6% of total deductions. And according to the ATO, a repair is one that restores the efficiency or function of the asset without changing its character in order to maintain its original state. So you've really got to think about, am I improving the property beyond um, its condition that when I purchased it, or am I just bringing it up to its original condition? So for example, um, if when I purchased the property it would, had been freshly painted in, in, either in, internally or externally, um, and then I you know, five years down the track I go to repaint the, the property, then what I'm doing is a repair However, if if the um, internal walls were in complete disrepair when I first purchased the property uh, and I'm doing a paint five years later, then I'm really making an improvement uh, and that improvement could be then a a capital cost that needs to be depreciated. So it's really important to make sure these um, expenses are classified correctly uh, so that not only you can um, uh, don't fall foul of the law, but make sure that you can also maximise your tax deductions. Now, apart from those major tax deductions, other common deductions can be, can include advertising for tenants, cleaning, gardening, insurance, legal expenses, pest control, stationery, telephone and postage, and so forth. But really, there's a, a link in the show notes and on the blog on the website to a checklist that we've put together that really provides an exhaustive list of all possible uh, tax-deductible expenses that property investors might come across. So it's always good to sort of run your eye down that list to make sure that um, when you provide all your information to your account at the end of the year uh, that you haven't missed anything. Now, of course, there could be other expenses uh, that are capital in nature uh, that you can't claim an immediate tax deduction for. Typically, these include any costs incurred before the property has been available for let, so, you know, when you originally purchase it. Uh, so that can include things like stamp duty, legal fees, uh, buyer's agent fees, uh, any improvements that you make to the property um, before your tenant occupies it. All those things will be added to the cost base um, of the asset, which will eventually reduce your capital gains tax, uh, but you don't enjoy an income tax deduction for that expense in the year that it's incurred. Now, a word of warning uh, about producing your own tax return. Of course, you can do it. doesn't mean you should do it. Uh, of course, I've got a commercial vested interest to espouse the benefits of using a, a reputable uh, financial um, business to, to put, prepare and, and lodge your tax return. But really, there's two advantages to, to doing so. Firstly, uh, it will ensure your tax position is optimised. You know, they'll make sure that you're going to include or they're going to include all the tax deductions in the, in the correct way. Uh, secondly, uh, maybe a, a less commonly realised uh, benefit is that it really does reduce your compliance risk. Um, with data matching and electronic audits, uh, it's really important that the right deductions are entered into the correct items in the tax return with the correct descriptions. Uh, the ATO are now getting a data feed on uh, descriptions as well, which they didn't used to. And if you inadvertently um, don't put the right amounts in the right boxes, uh, what will happen is that you could potentially flag yourself for an audit, uh, and that's not the sort of attention that you want to raise in the ATO. Even if you're doing all the right things, uh, it's still a complete waste of, uh, of your time uh, and not a, a very enjoyable exercise to go through. So from a compliance perspective, making sure the return is constructed and lodged properly um, also adds a lot of value. And really, if you're going to invest in property, I see the professional fees that you have to pay along the way is really the cost of investing. Um, And so if you're not prepared to pay those costs and do it properly, uh, then arguably, I would say don't invest in the first place. Okay, before I go, just a gentle reminder, I'm running a webinar on the 27th of July at lunchtime. Um, A link will be in the show notes for you to register for that webinar Uh, We're going to review the apartment investment, grade apartment market and share our thoughts about uh, what future returns might hold. Uh, So if you're interested in investing in property and or own an apartment, uh, certainly worth checking that uh, webinar out. Okay, that's it for me this week. Until next week, bye for now.